0: Well, I trust you've had a great week, and I pray and believe that God's going to do something amazing in this place over the course of the next uh, 30, 30 minutes. It's been good so far, hasn't it? And I've, uh, I've not just gone through the motions this morning. I've encountered. I've, I've touched God. God's touched me this morning. So thank you for, for leading us this morning. Just a few weeks ago, uh, Jordan started the, the theme for 2021, and uh, that the theme was taken from Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, reading from the Passion Translation. Now faith brings our hopes into reality. And, and then uh, the next week we had a John, who, who spoke, and what a great message that was. And this morning, it's my my privilege, my opportunity, just to stand before you this morning, and to bring. Uh, I think it's part three. I, I've lost track, guys. I've lost track of time. I, I seem to have uh, missed some space somewhere. But it, it, I'm getting the, the nods from from those who were sat in the congregation this morning. It, it is the it is the third part of a. I think it's a four-week series. And next that Sunday, Kaz, who who led for us this morning, and we'll conclude our service this morning. She will be bringing the next part, and and Cassie's theme is bringing hope to a nation, Uh, but my subject this morning is bringing hope into reality for our community. I am so blessed and so grateful that I have the privilege of living within Torbay, What an amazing place to live. Some people will talk it down. I will never talk our community down. I will always talk our community up. It's a great place to live okay it has its challenges and it has its issues like many different locations and geographical places uh, uh, every place is different but there is something wonderful about living in Torbay and I know please those of you who are part of our church who don't reside in, in Torbay I, I love where you live as well and as I pray for our community to be blessed, I also pray that your community will be blessed. And God has wonderfully kind of knitted us together. And as I sat through our worship this morning, I began to just cascade my eyes down the, the names of people that were viewing in this morning. And we have people viewing in, not just from local or even national, but we have people viewing in internationally. So welcome to Riviera Live Church. Welcome home this morning. If you've got your Bibles in front of you, I want you to open your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 60. It's a great chapter, it really is. And Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 and verse 2, in a sense, carry the heart of what I want to share this morning. And it reads like this, Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. I want you to, if you're able to do this, I want you to nudge the person next to you, and I want you to look at them lovingly into their eyes this morning, and I want you to say this, it's time to arise, and it's time to shine. Kaz is on the front row. Kaz, it's time to arise, and it's time to shine. Will on the sound there this morning, and Chris on media. It's time to arise, and it's time to Shine. Verse 2 reads like this See, darkness covers the earth and thick darkness over the people, but the Lord rises upon you and his glory, his glory appears over you. As you begin to, to read down through Isaiah chapter 60, it talks about nations coming to you. It talks about the kings and the queens of the nations are attracted to the brightness of your dawn. It says that our sons and our daughters will come from afar. I don't know about you, But maybe we all have a son or a daughter. We have a loved one who is living at a distance in this current climate and this current time. Living at a distance from God and in relationship with him. I want to begin to prophesy into this house this morning that your sons and your daughters who are far off from God currently will return to him. It also says this, that hearts will throb and swell with joy. That's a kind of a place that I want to. I want to live in. I, I want to live in that kind of place where my, my heaviness of heart is no longer heavy with sadness and, and and trauma, but my heart is throbbing with swelling and swelling with with joy. And then there's this wonderful promise, and it talks about wealth and riches and resources and bringing people back, God brings the people back to a rebuilding phase. And what I see here, he he brings his people back to reposition them in relationship with him and repositioning them in sonship and daughtership this morning. So my subject this morning is bringing hope to our community. Matthew chapter 5 verse 13 to 16 says this, You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And we are living in immense, challenging days. But in the challenge, there's also immense opportunity. And I want to to kind of speak to the church this morning, and it's simply this. Can I encourage you, don't lose your saltiness. And and don't hide your, your light. Uh, Maybe over the course of time we've gathered together as church and it's like a collecting place. It's a place where we've come and the church has become the salt shaker. It's the pepper, the salt shaker that we often put on our our tables to savor the food that we're about to enjoy. Uh, And maybe church has become the gathering point of the salt But what I've discovered over the course of time is simply this, that God has taken the salt from the salt shaker through isolation, through pandemic, through shutdown, through lockdown, and he's caused the salt no longer to gather together in one place, but he's begun to spread the salt out into community. Maybe over the course of time, we as church have been the light hidden under a bowl, but once again, over the course of the last 10, 11, approaching quickly 12 months of time, God has taken the light from under the bowl called the church, and He's placed the light called the church into community, into the community where the light then begins to attack the darkness. You see, the purpose of salt and light is defined in the verses that we've read there together. It's simply, let your light shine before all men or all others so that they may see the good deeds and glorify the Father in heaven. Everything we do as a local church when we want to bring hope to a community is not to give Riviera Life Church a good name, although it has attained a good name over the course of the last few months it's not to promote an individual although when you're doing god's work individuals do get promoted and profiled it's not about giving a name to a denomination although our denomination of assemblies of god great britain are doing amazing things not just in this location but in the locations across the united kingdom it's not about a good name for a denomination god bless the assemblies of god but it's about bringing glory and honor to his name. Who do I mean when I say his name? I'm referring to our heavenly father. And this morning, if you want you to leave this place with a catchphrase or a little slogan or something which can be an indicator to what I'm trying to communicate this morning, it's simply this. Keep the lights on. Can I encourage us this morning to keep the light's on. You see in John chapter 1, verses 1 to 4, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and life was the light of all mankind. John the Baptist was the the forerunner to, to Jesus. He came as a testimony, as a witness concerning the light. The message translation of John chapter 1, it says that the Word became flesh and made his dwelling amongst us or amongst them. And the Word moved into the Neighborhood. I I, I sense in my spirit, I sense in my heart, I sense a little bit of a stirring this morning that we as church need to move ourselves into the neighborhood. The word needs to become flesh in the neighborhood. And as we move into our neighborhood and turn the lights on, we will bring hope to a community. You see, light. Because we're children of the light. We were once in darkness, but when we make a decision to follow Christ, to become Christ's followers, to become disciples of him, we then become children of the light. And I've known this as an experience and fact, that when light steps into darkness, darkness has to bow its knee. Because light brings hope into hopeless and dark Situations. You see, you and I have the opportunity over the course of the next few days to be that light in a dark place. We have the opportunity to bring hope into a hopeless sense and a hopeless sense of feeling. And it's no, you don't have to be a superstar to do this, you just have to be a Christ follower. With all of our frailties, with all of our weaknesses, with all of our error, with all of our mistakes, even with all of our ordinariness, God can use us and shine his light through us. You see, I'm praying, I'm believing that Riviera Live Church will become a movement of ordinary men and women. Ordinary boys and girls, empowered by God the Holy Spirit, not doing anything in his or her own strength, but empowered by God the Holy Spirit, bringing light and life to a community, and that light and life to the community of Torbay and those that we connect to, and those that we reach out to, is simply bringing hope. Alan Scott, a a great biblical author, wrote a a fantastic book. And if you are into reading, I'd encourage you to to, to read this book. It's called The Scattered Servants and begins to describe and to define the movement of the early church, the, the first church in the book of Acts. It says in the book of Acts that there was a movement unleashed there was a movement that became unstoppable and a movement that became unpredictable. And guys, that's the type of church I want to be part of. Not one that becomes a monument and reflects on past hope, but becomes a movement and begins to project new hope to the people around. Can I, can I, can I give you some figures this morning? Because maybe you're, you're saying to me, what does hope look like? If hope came in a package, what would that package look like? I want to talk about some of the things we did as a local church over the Christmas period. Christmas just seems like an eternity away now. I've slept so many hours since then, and i had so many meals, and, and Christmas just feels like it was a lifetime ago. In fact, it was last year. It wasn't this year, it was last year. So maybe it was a long time ago. But between the 21st of December and the 24th of December to uh, 2020, we as a local church in those four days provided 103 hampers of hope. And those hampers were enough food to sustain a family for the period of four or five days hampers of hope. In addition to that, we did our normal food parcels over the course of Tuesday and Thursday of that given week, and we provided 27 other additional food parcels. My calculation tells me this, that in the space of four days from this venue, from this church, from this body of believers, from this family called Riviera Life Church, we provided 130 hampers of hope. Agencies and clients came through our doors and wept as they carried the hampers of hope out of these doors. Everything comes at a cost, guys, and we've calculated that that cost us as a local church approximately £3,900. But listen to this, when you provide hope, God provides the resource. And we're so grateful to tell you this morning that We, as a local church, were able to pay for that in in full. I I cast my mind back to the previous 12 months even more and begin to look at hope to a community and begin to think about the projects that we did here from the storehouse. 1,561 food parcels of hope were delivered from this family called Riviera Live Church to a community, bringing hope, bringing light into people's darkness. 4,683 days of food, 46,830 meals of hope, 764 adults, 545 children. Light was shone into their darkness bringing hope where they were living in hopelessness. Do I hear an amen to that? Do do I sense any excitement from your front room this morning? We've even calculated that once again, all of those parcels would have equated to 39,025 pounds. Once again, as you provide hope, God himself provides the resource. God's paid for everything. How has God paid for everything? Well, through your generosity, for the generosity of our local authorities, through partnering agencies, for for teamwork, for synergy, for, for those who have a concern for community. They've all helped keep the lights on. What about Baby Bank? Baby Bank was a A passion of Jackie's for a number of years and uh, we started the Baby Bank back in January of 2020 and I can declare from this platform this morning that during 2020, 200 parcels of hope, daytime clothes, nighttime clothes, formulas, foods, feeds, nappies, baby wipes, equipment, toys, varying in shape and size were delivered from this place. You shone light into darkness. As I cast my eyes onto the balcony this morning, as I think about the resource and the stock that we have at the rock center, we have more baby clothes and more nappies than any other shop that I can think of. God has blessed this house, and we in turn then need to be a a blessing. I Think about... What we as a local church were able to do. We as a local family were able to do once again for families in the context of our local church. There are so many stories contained in the one story called church. We all have a narrative and we all have sentences and paragraphs and contexts and so on. And not two of them are alike, and once again, we as a local church were able to sit down and provide for 29 families in the context of our church not just looking out for those outside of the building, but looking out for those inside the building with gift cards of hope and love as the tokens and Marks and Spencer tokens. And can I please declare in this place that there are other places you can go shopping and there are other places you can get gift tokens from as well 90 plus selection boxes were given to kids in the house approximately those 29 families and and 90 plus children who were encouraged and blessed over the Christmas time it cost the church 2000 pound but once again when a church decides to provide hope God in his ultimate provision provides the resource why do we do it? because we're people of grace and when you've been touched by grace, grace becomes the DNA of who you are, grace oozes out of your conversation, grace oozes out of your touch and in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 verse 7 it says this, that we are to excel in everything. And then there's a a list of things that we are to excel in. We're to excel in our faith, in our speech, in our knowledge, in our enthusiasm, in our love. And then Paul writes to the church there in Corinth and he says this, "I I want you to excel in the grace of giving. You see, we think grace is about receiving, and I'm so grateful that at the age of five, I received the grace of my heavenly Father as I gave my life and my all to follow him. At the age of five, you see, I received grace, and because I've received grace, I now in turn have to give grace. And the reason we do what we do about bringing hope to a community is that we're men and women, boys and girls, who are filled with grace. I was thinking, Kaz, of some of the conversations that, that took place in the, in the New Testament. and There's a, an occasion and a time when, when Jesus is surrounded by his, some of his followers, his disciples, and he says to them, who do people say that I am? And they come back, some say you're this person and others say you're that person and then they say you're this and you say you're that. And and then Jesus directs it a little bit more to them and says, but who do you say I am? And I've been greatly blessed. And I'm going to try to hold it together now, church. But greatly blessed when people... Have defined and described who we are. I think sometimes we as church, we think we are this. But it doesn't hurt now and again for church leaders to press the pause button and to take the words of Jesus and to ask those around who do people say the church is? Who do people say? What do people think about Riviera Life Church? You see, I have an opinion and you have an opinion. And sometimes our opinion can be very biased. It can be weighed to worthlessness or it can be weighed to overvaluing. But who do, what do people say about Riviera Life Church? I've sat through numerous Zoom conversations in different settings, with well-known people and not-so-well-known people, that those that have a budget of multiple millions and those that have a budget of 25 quid. But every conversation has been worthwhile, every conversation has been beneficial, every conversation I've asked myself the question, why have I got the opportunity and the privilege to sit around this table or this Zoom conversation? And in one of the conversations, there were high-flying dignitaries. There were wealthy CEOs and businessmen and individuals. There they, they were go- those who were making an impact, not just locally, but making an impact nationally and internationally. And as I spoke and engaged in conversation with these people, the, the convener, the host of the meeting, he said this. Maybe some of you are asking the question, why is the Reverend Ian Williams sat in this meeting? And maybe he's asking the same question. And he said this, the reason Ian is around the table, he represents a people who breed hope. Did you hear that? Breed hope. He said this in every conversation, in every setting that I find myself either with Ian or one of his colleagues or a member of his congregation, I leave that place, I leave that setting engaged, enthused and believing that I can take on the world. You see, when a church decides to bring hope to a community, they breed hope. They become the light that overcomes the darkness. They become the voice of hope in that darkness. And guys, I'm not just speaking on behalf of one local church. I'm speaking on behalf of the churches represented within our community and our bay. As we partner, as we harness together, as we yoke together our endeavors, we have to keep the lights on. I've been speaking for about 15 minutes now, and I, I, I'm still really in my introduction, so I apologize to that, but I will, I will try to talk as fast as I possibly can, so, so listen in fast. I believe that during the course of this given year, there are three things that we need to do to keep the lights on. The very first one is simply this. Will you plant a tree of hope in 2021? Will you plant a tree of hope in 2021? There's an ancient Greek proverb which fascinates me. And it reads like this. A society grows great when old men plant trees in whose shade they will never sit. You haven't got the PowerPoint, so I'm going to have to 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 repeat that to you, because for some of us that went right over the head. A society grows great when old men plant trees in whose shade they will never sit under. You see, maybe over the course of the last few weeks we've planted a seed for a tree and we will not benefit from the shade of that tree, but another generation will. I'm not an old man, but I'm not a young man, but I am a man who wants to plant a tree. And every mighty oak starts its journey in life as a little acorn. Oh Ian, I I, I can't do so much, I I feel so feeble, I I feel so insignificant. Can, Can I say this to you, that even the little acorn felt insignificant? The little acorn felt inadequate, but the little acorn grew into a mighty oak. We should never despise the the day of small beginnings and the day of small things. And can I say this to you? Just because you can't help everyone shouldn't stop you from helping someone. So so bring hope into that setting. And I, I felt the stirring of the Holy Spirit say this to me. That if everyone planted a tree of hope, we would end up with a forest of hope. Now that's rocket science. I can see Johnny B. on the on the one of the pews at the back of the church typing that in. That, that's profound. That, that's, he's never heard of such wisdom coming from the platform ever before. If everybody planted a tree of hope, we would end up with a forest of hope. Come on, Riviera Live Church, keep the lights on. And plant a tree of hope. Maybe you just need to. Pause for a few moments and begin to ask yourself the question Where can I do this? In what setting can I plant a tree? Ian, are you talking about a a physical tree? No, I'm not talking about a physical tree. Well, that would be a good idea. Help the planet, help the environment. But I'm talking about something symbolically. What can I do to bring hope? Plant a tree. The second thing, and I've only got three things, so, so the team are getting themselves ready to, to invade the platform in a few moments' time. If the first one was to plant a tree of hope, the second one is simply this. Hope is wrapped up in kindness. Paul writes to a church there in Ephesus and says, be kind, be compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. Now, I don't know about you, I find the first few examples of what we're meant to do or instructions a lot easier. Oh, it's easier to be kind and compassionate to one another, but sometimes I struggle when it comes to forgiving each other. But we are encouraged to do that because Jesus Christ forgave us. So Paul writes this letter, be kind. I want to tell you this. This is a a hammer blow coming your way right now. There is power in kindness and hope is wrapped up in kindness. We had a young lady who received one of the 103 Christmas hampers. As she received the hamper at the door of this church, you could see that she was touched by what she was receiving. She then sits in her car. She'd been driven to the church to pick up the hamper because she had no form of transport. She sat in the car and she wept. And then she sent us a text and she said, I didn't think we would have Christmas this year. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your generosity. You have given me hope. Hope is wrapped up in kindness. And there is something about the power of kindness. It impacts the receiver, but it also impacts the giver. She cried in the car park, and I cried in this building. Why? Because kindness is powerful. Another conversation with uh, another member of of our congregation, trying to help them over a, a situation which they're confronted with. This lady, this lovely lady, she says, you are kindness personified. I didn't know what the word personified meant. So I went to the dictionary to discover what that word personified means. I'm I'm admitting my ignorance this morning, but it simply means this. You are kindness personified. You are a perfect example of the quality of kindness. You see, kindness and hope are wrapped together. Maybe during the course of this, this year, you can begin to look for ways and means where you can express random acts of kindness. You see, what does random acts of kindness look like? Well, they come in the shape of a food hamper, they come in the shape of a baby hamper, they come in the shape of 29 gift cards, 90 plus selection boxes, they come in the shape of a pie or a cake, they come in the shape of a text or a message, they come in the shape of a telephone call, they come in the shape of a smile. Hope is wrapped up in kindness, and we need to begin to ask ourselves can we make kindness our new norm? Everyone's talking about the new normal. I have this dream, and the dream is simply this that our new normal becomes kindness. Kindness in our schools, in our workplaces, in our homes, in our communities. Be kind. The writer, to out of the Proverbs, that wise old dude called Solomon, he says this: "Those who are kind benefit themselves. Kindness is tangible. Kindness is perceptible by touch. Kindness is tactile. Kindness is substantial, and kindness is visible, and that's bringing hope." to a community Cornel West an American philosopher he said this we have to be militant for kindness subversive for sweetness radicals for gentleness and then we fight for justice in conclusion get yourself ready to conclude let's bring some hope to our community faith brings hope into reality for our community and what if there's a number of what ifs right now what if we as church pulled back the curtains and prayed for what we see the other side of the curtains what if we opened the curtains to reveal the outside instead of to hide the outside and prayed the prayer God open my eyes that I may see What if the church community became the empowered community, anointed by God the Holy Spirit to proclaim good news, the the community that received power to be a witness in the Jerusalems, the Judeas, the Samarias, and to the ends of the earth? What if the church of 2021, Riviera Life Church, took the words of God the Holy Spirit seriously, And received a divine exchange of timidity for audacity. What if the church focused not just on celebration but on commission? What if the church didn't just focus on being rescued but focused on being recruited for a cause? What, What if the church didn't just focus on the gathering but realized that we'd been scattered for a reason? What if the church didn't just focus on discipleship but actually emphasized discipling? What happened if the church didn't just want to be carried but the church began to carry? What if the church didn't focus on its needs but focused on the needs of others? What if the church lived the commission life and not the life of omission? What if the church sensed the urgency and didn't live enveloped in apathy what if the church became the breeders of hope what if the church became the carriers of hope what if the church became contagious in hope we can do it because I've received hope and because I've received hope I then can give hope. You see, how do you, eat an, how do you eat an elephant, John? One bite at a time. We can begin to love this nation back into life. We can begin to love city by city. 69 cities in the United Kingdom, 49,071 towns in the United Kingdom. There are 29 million homes in the United Kingdom. There are 66.6 million people in the United Kingdom. The population of Torbay is 137,000. There are 59,000 homes in Torbay. What if? We as church bred hope and hope becomes the reality. Today you and I can make a difference and as the band lead us in a closing song, I'm not going to come back John, but as the band lead us in a closing song and as Kaz concludes our service this morning. You need to hear this from someone who has so many flaws, so much stuff going on, but saved by grace. I want to make a difference. And I want to make a difference with people who want to make a difference. I don't want to make a difference with people who want to make a difference doing something that will make a difference. Yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, today is a gift. That's why it's called the present. Albert Einstein said this, yesterday is relative, tomorrow is speculative. But today is electric. That's why it's called the current. Can I encourage every listener, every partner, every Riviera Life family member, every friend of this great house, that we need to be present and we need to be current. And it's our time to arise. And shine because your light has come. That's why we bring hope to a community. Be blessed.